You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Well, the exciting guest that we have on our show tonight is the only, the one, uh, her mother would probably say her pride and joy, Aww. the apple of her eye, God's expression of love to her. Uh, are you the baby? I am the only. And You're the- yes, so the baby and the only. But I have a dog, and I think he's taking my spot. Oh wow, wow. Okay, mom, you're gonna have to, to you're gonna have to comment. Is the dog taking her spot? I'm not sure. He is. He I is. Mean, you know, when I go home, you expect mom to cook you a meal. You know, absolutely. Uh, I'm not getting that these days. But oh. Caleb, he gets breakfast. You know, he got a little chopped up eggs, little oh, bacon, wow. little sausage. I don't get that type Wait, of luxury. Does he have like little sweaters and he got, mittens? Yeah, you and, know, and she sent me a text last night and said, "Can you make sure you for Christmas bring home Caleb's? You know, his coat. He got a mink coat that he wow. wears that Caleb- she bought." Now, what kind of dog is this? He's a miniature pincher. You know, oh, he's a, a miniature guy, pincher. Oh, yes. But, they, the but they have world. a big personality. Basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand. Like uh, a big pack, a big, a big attitude in a small package. Basically. A big bark, but a, a small bite. But he's got but he's, a big bark he has and a big, big bite. Oh, you okay. Don't, you know, you don't want mess. You don't. You don't want these kind of problems. He's from ski, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, you all. I am so glad to have. Um, I would say my friend and my sister, and we're doing some research right now. She potentially may even be my cousin, but we're going to go we, ahead yeah. and hallmark it and say my cousin, yes. uh, who happens to be the executive director of mm-hmm. Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Detroit. And we're going to talk about her work there. But like I said, our topic tonight is I am enough. Yes. And so, Patrice, talk to us about your upbringing in Muskegon Heights. Like, mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So um, I was born in Muskegon, uh, Muskegon Hikes, because there's a difference now. You know, it's the tracks that run between Muskegon and Muskegon Hikes. It could be synonymous with uh, east east side of Detroit, west side of Detroit, right? Okay. Um, So I grew up on the best side, Muskegon Hikes, and went to Muskegon Hikes Public Schools. Um, Had a really great support system between uh, my mother um, and then my teachers, which is why I'm really in education. So awesome band director, awesome um, group of individuals, of leaders that supported me as a high school student and really spoke well of me and told me that I was enough. And when I believed that, of course, I went to Michigan State. And majored in policy. Okay, so um, we have a Spartan in the house. You know, we discussed this now. <laughs> uh, we had a little rough year on the football side, but did you see our basketball team? They're doing quite well. Okay. Um, I do not like the University of Michigan. Oh. Um, but uh, I don't want to have to go into all that tonight. Okay, right? listen. So for all my Wolverines out there, please make sure you comment below. We we do have a Spartan in the house. Oh, boy. <laughs> they should, they've been pretty quiet lately. They don't the, want us to bring up their, their stumble and fall. Well, listen, I, we're talking about I am enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Michigan is enough. They they didn't. They, okay, never mind. Let's oh, not oh, do that. Oh, um, Muskegon, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So went to Michigan State. Michigan State was the best school in the world for me. Um, and about four months before graduating, I would get these uh, these newspaper alerts from M Live with Muskegon hikes in the in the in the tagline. Basically, you know, um, the city was having financial trouble. The school district was one of the worst in the state. Um, 
the water filtration plant should have been sold. All of this neg- these negative headlines about my hometown. And so because I had folks from my community who had supported me and, and watched me grow, I said I should go home and run for office. So when I graduated from Michigan State in May of that year, my mother was my campaign manager. Okay. Shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. Um, she was bad, too. She was dope. Um, the momager. Yes, the yeah. momager. Okay. Uh, and so graduated in May and put my name on the ballot like three or four months later, ran for office, got elected. Um, and then began to serve on city council. During the, my four years, we were able to maintain uh, our deficit elimination plan. So we stayed out of debt, avoided emergency financial management. Um, I, I started a youth council while on um, while there and then, you know, did some artwork projects, um, then end up going to work for my alma mater. Why? Because we had an emergency financial manager who, in my opinion, did not service our school district well. Um, but I decided, well, let me go back home and figure out how can we help, help, you know, build the school back together. Uh, so even though I was like 23 years old and I had no teaching cert, um, I knocked on the door. They gave me this job as parent liaison. But although that was my official title, I was the vice principal. I was the reading lady. I was an advisory teacher. Absolutely. I was the secretary, you know, a little bit of everything. And so I had got my chops up in education. I mean, I was putting together, I was helping put together school improvement plans, right? Right. So at this point, uh, I might just stay in education. Um, and so ended up going to Job Corps and doing that for three or four years. And so after that, I was like, I could probably do whatever I want to do. I am enough. I, am I enough. could do whatever I want to do. And so I decided, okay, I'm done at this level. I want to go to the next level. And that's how I ended up in Detroit. Oh, well, we are glad to have you. Yeah. Especially with all of that, that acumen you expressed. But mm. what I love most is, I want you to walk through the process of mm. 23-year-old Patrice oh boy. that has enough confidence to say, mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go back to my hometown mm-hmm. and radically change everything. I'm going to help preserve and sustain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to restore the hope yeah. uh, to my city. Like, Take me to that mindset. Well, honestly, this is a God thing because Patrice in her flesh wanted to like go to New York city and go to Chicago and go shopping and have fun. But the God in me was like, to whom much is given much is required. And then, you know, in that process of running for office, the uh, scripture that I used for my campaign slogan was let us arise and build. Awesome. And so I was reading in Nehemiah, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and looking at the process of rebuilding the wall. And so I felt very confident, not in myself, but in God to say, let me try this out. Right. I fully believed that uh, that the Lord would give me the wisdom to help govern a city, that he would give me the confidence to do that. And honestly, it totally had to be him. Right. Um, and so allowing God to lead me and being obedient to that call is what made me enough to, to to handle that level of pressure, right? Because there were tough decisions. Do you cut police? Uh, you know, if the school district leaves, I mean, what do you do? I mean, there, there was murder and violence. I had lost a couple of students to, to gang violence at the time. So it was a lot of concerns like that where you have to pull on the strength of God to really lead. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Oh, that's great. So when you talk about I am enough, it's really your faith that anchors you yeah. or your faith that affirms you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So someone could be 23 years old, mm -hmm. graduating from Michigan State or, or mm -hmm. any other university. No, or Michigan State. <laughs> or, <laughs> or listen, or, or mm -hmm. they could be wearing maize and blue or mm -hmm. uh, they could be wearing any other color. But yeah. uh, it was really a huge step of faith. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that you had like some background experience in. Mm -hmm. But I do see, I, I have to mention this because it, it's, it's on the tickler, it's on the resume, yeah. that you had traveled internationally, yeah. that you had gone mm -hmm. to London and to Japan, and mm -hmm. you had been a researcher there, and you yeah. had been a university ambassador. So, like, your mm -hmm. bandwidth for interacting with diverse cultures and yeah. uh, coming and establishing or taking that risk, mm -hmm. it was something that you had kind of, for lack of better words, cut your teeth already mm -hmm. and jumped out there to see... Yeah. Yeah. what the end was going to be. If somebody told me today, hey, Patrice, let's go to Brazil, I'm down, let's go, right? Okay, a travel. I don't know, I don't know where that comes from. Um, I, I will say that my band director, my sophomore year of high school, we went to Japan. That was my first international trip. He got it paid for. So we were over, we were overseas. So that started early. And so I think that when we talk about Boys Hope, Girls Hope later, a part of what I've shifted for our program model is how do we put these small seeds in young people so that they show fruit once they become 23, 24, 25. And so for me, my next door neighbor, who is now the mayor of Muskegon Hikes, I was her pamphlet girl at one point. She was running for city council. I was 11 years old. So I saw her running, right? These are seeds. And then for someone to say, you're a sophomore in high school, I'm going to send you to Japan for free. You're going to play your instrument over. Like those are seeds. And we have to have, we have to ensure that our kids now have that same level of exposure, exposure, right? Exactly. To to an international type of concept, thinking globally, right? So I absolutely at this point, I think I'm a global citizen, right? Absolutely. Um, it really excites me. I will tell you the funniest experience I had was going to a McDonald's in Japan. Okay. I love fish fillets. Okay. Uh, that's like my little secret. Thing. Fish fillet. Yeah, they, those with, are really good. From the McDonald's. Tartar sauce? Yeah, with the tartar sauce. Okay, now. watch out. Now, when I was in Japan, they serve them in the morning. They serve them for breakfast. So, okay. and I, I love Japanese culture. I had a Japanese mother. I got a kimono, but I'm a little skeptical with the fish eggs, and you know, so the little delicacies I don't really do too well in. But okay. so McDonald's was my friend when I was in Japan. Okay, all right. Uh, but the funniest thing is when you're explaining, you can't speak the language, but when you're explaining what you want. And you have to do it via like hand signals, right? And okay, it, so let's break it down. Let's okay, these so, hand signals. Yeah, okay? all right. So I want all right. medium, medium. Okay, okay. fries. Oh, that's fries. Yep, you want some fries, right? Okay. They need to be hot. You know, you got to, yeah. So it's the thing. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, so wait a minute. No, so I, I want a medium. Yeah, medium. Not fries. a lot because you got yeah, large. So large. Just, okay. Need yeah, a medium. Medium meal. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> the fish, you know, right. you just number, and then you put, put the numbers, right? So it's easy. But the funniest thing ever is going through that process when you are, so France, Paris, right? You don't speak French. Luckily, a lot of people in Paris can speak English. Okay. Um, my mother had the funniest. Uh, I took her for her 50th birthday to Paris. All right. And uh, it was supposed to be a surprise, but she knew all along. We get into an Uber in Paris. And, of course, you speak French or French because you're Parlez -vous in. Parlez-vous right. hey, Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> she, every time we get out of the Uber, as opposed to saying thank you in French or gracias, I'm sorry, that's what she would say. She would say gracias. She would say it in Spanish. Span okay, they know Yeah, <laughs> right. So she would say it in Spanish. Merci. And yeah, yeah, and not in French. Okay. And, and every single time we're in the car, I'm like, mom. 
that's the wrong country. Right. right. But she's just so <laughs> like, my mom is hilarious. Um, so yeah, I love study abroad. I love traveling. I think that in the perfect world, I would be like 50 years old and living in South Africa or living in Paris. Um, that would be a dream or I could run Oprah school in South Africa. Now that you would could, be, you I know, mean, that, I'm enough. She listen, me. Right. That's, I mean, that's just, that's an yeah. attainable goal. That's like right. next door. Yeah. yeah. Come on now. Right. Michelle Obama down the street. Yeah, she is. She is here tonight. She's in Detroit. Yeah, in, the, in the D. So listen, Oprah, if you're watching and I, I believe that you are. Yeah. Clearly. I need you to uh you could do yourself a very a favor and hire Patrice S. Johnson to run your school in to South run your Africa. School. Like that. It, it would be awesome. It is yeah. you know, it was it's actually the logical decision. Uh-huh. You know, so Patrice, you know, when you do so, just invite me. Okay. You know, yeah, I'll come, come yeah, yeah, as your guest. <laughs> uh, but we have to have that type of thinking that I am enough. Whatever mm-hmm. the opportunity is, yeah. you know, that I, I have the acumen, I have the skill. Number mm-hmm. one, I have the faith yes. to believe that if God positions me there, mm-hmm. I can be effective in there. And here's where that starts. I think um, people have a set of insecurities in general, right? Oh, okay. Um, but what? Their, the the way that their faith has to be linked has to be linked to the word and the word of God tells us that we are his good work, his work, his work, you know, um, and he has plans and purposes for us that he foreknew. Right. That's right. So whenever you're pursuing purpose, you have to understand that. I'm his workmanship and he spent time on me. I'm valuable to a God who, you know, decides where the sea will start and end. Absolutely. And so if I am that valuable to him, that he would take his time with me, that he saw fit for me to be in the earth at this time, that alone means that I am enough. And so people can pursue purpose being fearless now, right? That's right. Because if you understand that those dynamics about who God is and who he's called you to be, despite your visible weaknesses to yourself, you ought to have the confidence that says I'm enough, right? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. his love will dri- his perfect love will drive away all fear. Come on. And uh, the word says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yeah. And so it is us wrestling with Mm -hmm. our, for lack of better words, is Israel having a conversation with Jacob Mm -hmm. and our and our nature arguing with what God has purposed and planned. And it is. And I mean, I think it's one of those things that causes us to be totally dependent on God Mm -hmm. and to be able to release that locus of control where we just come into total dependency. Yeah. And I I was listening to your your story Mm -hmm. and I saw how like you had all of these adults around you Mm -hmm. and I see you now mirroring uh what that example where you are speaking life into Mm -hmm. uh, the lives of those uh, children that you're around yeah. at Boys Hope, Girls Hope, yeah. uh, that you see them with the eyes of God, which mm-hmm. sees their potential mm-hmm. and, and not their trouble or not their trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you help them process through. Uh, and what I love about uh, part of what Girls Hope, Boys, Boys Hope, Girls Hope does is yeah. it's looking for those who are capable, but then also those that are motivated motivated yeah and so yep. that that is do you know we spend more time trying mm-hmm. to convince people that they actually have what they need mm-hmm. on the inside of them to live the life that they desire mm-hmm. and that is that's kind of what the drawing board is 
all yeah. about. The drawing board is helping people to discover their God-given potential because mm-hmm. the purpose stand of sure. Yeah. I love what the word says. It says that many are the plans of a man's heart, mm-hmm. but it's God's intentions that will stand forever. Yeah. So you can graft out this long plan. And trust me, I did. Mm-hmm. I had a five-year plan. I had a 10-year plan, mm-hmm. 15, 20. And I had it all written out. You know, mm-hmm. I had, and I had used scripture to back it up. Mm-hmm. Write the vision, make it plain. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that I'm those, bad at that too. Oh man! So it worked. So so a part of the plan. Well, I would say first about Boys Hope Girls Hope. That's it, right? I'm I'm excited. Not so much for me to be like the next Barack Obama. I would love to be a part of the next Barack Obama's life. All right. At this point, like, and so I tell my kids before I started, we used to call them just scholars, and I call them hope scholars because. What they see in their environment right now, we see that Michigan is like the 38th state in education overall, right? Right. Um, the hopefully the comeback state, right? But we see so many things, not just in our state, but in our world that need to be addressed. And so for me, those are my hope scholars. They are the ones that I fully believe are capable of addressing those issues. So I just have to give them the resources and help them to see their own vision so that they can reach that goal, right? Because they're passionate. I mean, the kids that we have in our program, they're not just after a college degree, right? They are after the capacity to serve other people. So that's what makes them special. Um, so nevertheless, I think you mentioned, I got sidetracked. What was I saying? No, you were talking <laughs> about boys hope, girls hope, and you were talking yeah. about how they're not just average, they weren't just scholars, but yeah. they were sco- hope scholars. They're hope scholars. And that yeah. what I don't want to address, you said they have the capacity to solve the issues and the problems yep. at hand. Mm-hmm. One of the things I know we have educators watching, we have parents watching. Mm-hmm. How do we uh, motivate or develop that intrinsic motivation where we birth mm-hmm. in our scholars yep. the desire to do for themselves? You have to take their pain and transform it into their power, right? Wait, how do we do now? That's powerful. So we're talking about, I looked in your bio, you were talking about you're a transformational leader. We'll unpack that. But when you said (laughs) you're going to take their pain and transform it into their power, walk walk me through that process. So I, I think that as educators, one of the things that we don't get right. We look at behavior sometimes, negative behavior, and right. we think, I got to reel this child in or I got to give you detention or I'm going to show you, right? It gets, and sometimes it gets personal. I've seen educators. Oh, it, get, it gets know, very personal. Yeah, because yeah. Johnny don't want to do what you say to do. As opposed to recognizing that behavior sometimes as evidence of pain. Absolutely. So when you realize and you recognize poor behavior or you recognize a gift in a child, your goal is to point, you know, look at that area and f- figure how you can un- unravel it. Right. OK. So as opposed to saying, Johnny, you need to go into detention. What else does Johnny need that's going to restore him? That's good. You see what I'm saying? I do. So so that's the being trauma informed as educators and being skilled in understanding the social emotional needs of kids, right? Yeah. So I think that that's how you and and speaking their purpose into existence, right? So as opposed to seeing that Johnny is the class clown, um, you need to use Johnny as the one that's going to get your class together. Absolutely. Right? Leverage so his voice. Leverage his voice yes. and then train him on how to be a good leader, right? 
I remember people saying to me that you're a leader, which that's that sticks. Right. So what what you say to your your kids is going to stick. Right. I remember hearing and we talked about this the other day. I remember someone saying the way that you talk to your children as a parent is how they're going to hear the voice of God. Right. Slow that down so everybody can hear that. Yeah. So the way that you talk to your children as a parent is how they're going to hear the voice of God. Right. Um, And so as educators, when when the second person that your child is going to spend the most time with is their teacher. Right. Yes. Um, And so as a teacher, how are you speaking purpose into your your students? Right. And so I think that that's the way that we, we have to identify trauma. And pain and use it to push through, you know, use it for resilience, use it to cultivate perseverance. Right. Right. Since Michelle Obama is here tonight, I guess I'll shout her, shout her out, even though she didn't come see me. OK. She should have came to the office and she didn't. Right. Um, she, but I she know might, she she's still she here. Might she, still she, come, she might swing you know. through. She was down um, at a uh, black. Uh, Motown. Black, was yeah. She? she was at Black Mag, uh, the Black Magazine Detroit. She Got was down you. there. I saw she could have uh, came. I mean, you know, she, she didn't call you know. me, let me know she was coming to town. Nothing. Uh, but anyway. She beeped you, though. She, she hit you yeah, on the page. Yeah, you know. <laughs> she going to chime in on the chat. Absolutely. Um, but she, a couple of years ago, she gave this speech, and she talked about how um, young people who are uh, no fault of their own in impoverished conditions are the fir- first generation scholars, scholars who are scholars of color, uh, who, grew, who grew up in circumstances that, are challenging that those are the young people who had the most grit and the most capacity to persevere. Absolutely. Therefore, um, listen, this should be, this, you should be able to knock this out. Right. So we call it, I think there's a term for it, social justice teaching. Okay. You know, why, why do we look at kids who, who are in that predicament and lower our standards for them. In fact, we should heighten the standards, right? Absolutely. Um, and so that type of condition and that type of activity, I think, is what helps to transform young people. And so that's what we're working to do day by day. Right. Um, you know, through the process and not just them, but their families. Remember, I said I was apparently liaison. You are apparently. Liaison. I was apparently liaison. That's right. So and I had a strong parent team when I was at Hikes, too. Right. We called them the Tiger Parent Team. They was out there with the shirts on. They was bad, but they helped lead my parent program. And I think a part of the work is working hand in hand with parents, mm-hmm. helping to transform the child's life and helping to transform the parent's life. Right. So I'm excited because this year we're going to have one of our senior girls is going to graduate and her mom is going to graduate with her. We're looking to make sure she gets her high school diploma before the end of this year. That's, so that is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about transforming that. a transforming generation. Yeah. By empowering one person, you yes. can transform an entire generation mm-hmm. and generations to come. Mm-hmm. What I, what I, and all of those that are listening, everything that Patrice is talking about is available. You can research it, look it up. If you're looking up uh, the resiliency model, yes. if you're looking up for social justice teaching, mm-hmm. if you're looking up uh, restorative practices, and these educators, parents, mm-hmm. uh, community liaisons, parent liaisons. Hey, now. Um, <laughs> and then if you're also, I look, there's an article about, mm-hmm. it's a term called soft bigotry. Mm-hmm. And it says that educators can come into environments mm-hmm. and they can already have adjusted their standards for who they believe that they're teaching. And so yeah. those expectations are already lowered. Yeah. And particularly it was referring to how educators interact with minority males, specifically yeah. African-American males. Mm-hmm. And so our black and brown boys 
who, um, and I, I share this when, uh, my wife and I, we moved our children from private school mm-hmm. into a public district. Mm-hmm. And I was not concerned about how my daughter would fare mm-hmm. because I knew the expectations. Of course, African-American women right now are really killing the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some yeah. of the fastest growing entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's black girl magic is everywhere. Ac- absolutely. Everywhere. Uh, BTR, right? Black yeah. girls rock. <laughs> and so uh, I wasn't concerned about how my daughter would fare, mm-hmm. but I was concerned about how my son would be educated mm-hmm. um, just because I know they would expect uh, other races, ethnicities and cultures to excel. Mm-hmm. And because my son is, he has a lot of personality mm-hmm. and he's a creative, right? Mm-hmm. So he has the capacity mm-hmm. to, d- to discipline himself to, you yeah. know, do the routine work, mm-hmm. but where he thrives most, mostly is in the creative environment yeah and so knowing how to take that potential and nourish it and 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 grow it so Mm -hmm. i mean i i think that what boys hope girls hope is doing is spectacular it's amazing they have an awesome leader there that can see the god-given potential in them Mm -hmm. it's something uh that happens in a person's life when someone looks on them with fresh eyes yes and when and that's how i i look at my scholars each day because mm-hmm. I pray. Well, actually, that's what God does for us. His mercies are renewed to us mm-hmm. every single morning. He yeah. doesn't see me with yesterday's baggage. Yes. And if I'm if I have the power to see myself that way, then to I can. St- I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. To mm-hmm. see yourself as God sees you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The way I look at behavior um, when we talk about our scholars, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the dummy lights in your car. And so, uh, you know, when you see the engine light come on, mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't mean you should throw away your engine. Yeah. It means yeah. that there's some service, some attention, some yeah. yes. investigating that needs to happen. Yes. When yep. you're, when you're, when the, uh, little tire, when the tire light comes on means mm-hmm. that there's not enough air in there. Yeah. That doesn't mean dispose of the tire. Yeah. It means you may need to rotate them or you need to put more air in them. Exactly. So, uh, really we know there's, there's yeah. a deeper system yeah. or the behavior is just the surface yeah. and we get to the systemic roots uh bishop jakes would say it like this you know you're treating the fruit but not uh looking at the root yeah so when mm-hmm. we get to the root cause of what make children and people yeah uh kind of tick yeah so i'm looking at uh all of the interesting things when you mm-hmm. talked about the grit and the perseverance yeah. you have a book called yes, kingdom I perseverance do. Kingdom perseverance. Yeah. So right now I'm asking the the drawing board family to mm-hmm. go out to Amazon, Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and get Kingdom Perseverance. Talk to me about Kingdom Perseverance. It's my favorite book out of the two. Okay. I have, so I have two, My Father's Kingdom yes. and then uh, Kingdom Perseverance. And I wrote, I call it KP. That's my nickname for that book. Okay. I wrote that book in 10 days. Wow. Uh, yes. I, I don't even, you know, sometimes Jesus would just be... It, it's just you get it and it's just you're in that space. Right. And um, I would say the book was probably in me for a long time. And it's, it's my second book. But I literally went in my basement for 10 days straight. You know, you meal prep so you ain't starving. And I'm in my basement two hours a night or whatever. And I just cracked that cracked that book out. So so it was published, I think, in March of 2017. OK. And I started writing it the first week of March. It was published and in my hand on March 30th. Right. Like like done, 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 um, done, done, which is a sign of perseverance. Right. right. Um but I love this book because the concept is around understanding God's kingdom 
right? right. God's kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Um, it's not there. It's not there. It's on the inside of you. And how do we execute the kingdom agenda on the earth, right? How do we demonstrate God's love, his glory, his sovereignty in our in our work life, in our family life, when we whatever we're doing, right? Um, and the idea around it is the per- you have to persevere to actually see that happen okay. because getting to a point in your life where you're really having kingdom impact is also about you pursuing purpose. And what I was frustrated with is I was looking at the church and I was like, why aren't we super successful? Like, how is it that we have the advantage of the Holy Spirit? We have the advantage of knowing God, and yet we are not breaking down the door for kingdom impact, right? And I felt like, well, one of the reasons is that people just give up. Oh, right. Yeah. People just throw in the towel or they say, I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to do so and so. So I start challenging people. Don't tell me you're going because I will give you every resource in my wheelhouse to help you write the book. But don't call me and say, Patrice, I'm so excited about writing a book. And then two weeks later, you didn't do what I told you to do to help you get there. Right. Absolutely. Um, So it's it's a part of being practical. Right. God has given us faith, but being practical and actually walking this thing out and seeing it from thought or vision to it's actually in reality. And so that's the idea of kingdom perseverance to where we're persevering, pursuing purpose to lead to kingdom kingdom impact. So one of the chapters is about the kingdom return on investment. Right. Okay. The, the ROI. ROI. Absolutely. Let's talk how, about it. Yes. So how are you, you know, in, in the finance world, you expect a return on investment. If I start a mutual fund tomorrow and I put two dollars in that mutual fund, it might not go that far. But if I put about a thousand dollars. Yeah. I was about to say. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah let, me, let, me, let me up my game a little okay, bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you put a certain <laughs> amount of money in that in that IRA or whatever today, you know, by the end of the year, you're supposed to have some interest that you're collecting on that on that um, on that account. Right. Same same thing with the kingdom. How dare us have the Holy Ghost, understand the kingdom, and we're not returning on God's investment? Like, how dare me enjoy God's presence and the peace that comes with it and not go into the world fearless? I'm talking to myself. I mean, no, you're <clears> prophesying. <throat> you know so, <laughs> what I believe wholeheartedly, and I, I want anyone who's listening to provide some type of challenge or feedback or pushback, mm-hmm. but I believe everything that is growing with integrity mm-hmm. is based upon kingdom principles. Absolutely. And do you know the world has found out that these principles work mm-hmm. and it will rain on the just and the unjust. These principles will work for mm-hmm. all of those who will work it. Yeah. But the one thing about the believer is we get a chance to enjoy the relationship yes. that comes from applying the principles. Yeah. We get a chance to have a revelation mm-hmm. of those principles yeah. because the revealer lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. And, and so go ahead. I mean, but that's it. I think I, you take that level of peace, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You take that. Um, that God gives you that gift, that advantage. That's a, I mean, everybody doesn't have, that's an advantage. It is. And you have to be steadfast in your pursuit of purpose, right? That purpose, if it is aligned with God, it should produce kingdom impact, which means in every aspect of your life, whatever environment that you're engaged with mm-hmm. should be a kingdom type of culture, right? It should be transformed into a kingdom reality. So if I'm at Boys Hope, Girls Hope, I expect peace to be here. If I walk into another school, I expect peace and righteousness and joy to be here because I'm there, right? Um, 
And the other co- component of that book is it's a strategy book, too. So in the very end of the book, it's just basically a, a workbook where not only are we spiritual, but we're practical. Absolutely. If you want to start a pizza company, then I think you need to do some research on dough. Uh, how much does it cost to get dough? Uh, what's the pasta sauce going to be like? What's my recipe going to be like? We have we God will give us a vision and we sit on this thing as though it's going to as my band director used to say, osmosis. Oh, so you think you just go play by osmosis, right? right? That's not how this works. Right. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit, but you got to actually work this thing out. And so I'm challenging people to, yes, have your vision. Yes, write it down. But then step by step, you ought to see that vision turn into reality, right? That's the concept of perseverance. So on air, I would like to, and I'll throw it out here. So mm-hmm. you say, if I said, let's do something that oh, you yeah. would get behind and push. Yeah. I say in 2019, let's start. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give some people some time. Okay, mm-hmm. January. Let's see. The first is a what? A Tuesday. Yeah, the first is a calendar. Tuesday. January first is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So let's give them to the fifteenth. Okay. Starting on January fifteenth, we're going to have a KP for thirty days developing kingdom culture where you are. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get five books. Oh. Okay. I'm getting five books Mm -hmm. and I want those that are listening in or Mm -hmm. if you select, so you select two people. Okay. I'll select three people. I'll Mm -hmm. participate. So I'm one of them. Okay. And we can go from the 15th and we'll Mm -hmm. go 30 days. So Mm -hmm. from January 15th to February 15th Mm -hmm. and we're going to transform some cultures and give our results based upon KP. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm trying to think who my two people going to be. All right. So Mm -hmm. listen, if you want to be one of those people who said, Mm -hmm. you know, I want some of that kingdom culture. Where I want there to be uh, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And maybe you're in an environment where it's tumultuous or there's a lot of stress in your work environment. You Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I am a change agent. I am a transformational leader. I agree that I carry the power and the spirit of the Holy Ghost, Mm -hmm. but I need to transfer that into some practical steps and strategize my way to actually exude that Mm -hmm. and it. And it shows up in my work. I think KP will be the book that brings that to yes, life, to fruition. I so appreciate that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So from January 15th to February 15th, That's it's all about kingdom plan. perseverance. Yeah. And so if you're talking about, you know, doing it big or new mm-hmm. year, new you, or Uh-oh. you're setting all of these goals <laughs> and all of these things, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to come by a process. Yeah. And this process has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to start off with that declaration first. Come on, Patrice. I, I am enough. enough. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your second book here, mm-hmm. uh, My Father's Kingdom. Oh, that book. Yes. <laughs> and let's I, talk about it. Because it's probably my most vulnerable book, okay. right? Yes. It's my most vulnerable truth. Um Basically, that is a book that I pray when I am gone will be the enemy's worst nightmare as it relates to rejection, right? Awesome. So uh, father absence in whatever shape or form impacts men and women, right? I mean, it impacts the way that you pursue dating. It impacts the way that you believe in your capacity, your identity. Um, it will shape you. And if you don't have the confidence of a father or if you don't have that protection of a father in your space, mm-hmm. it, it's a very vulnerable place. Right. So for me, I mean, um, I didn't have that covering. Right. Uh, and I am not one of those, those people that say, Oh, 
mommy can do both. Although my mother was really amazing, dads are super important. That if a father is out of the home, I think that that's a crime. I agree. I think it's a crime, right? I think it's a, I think it's a trespass of covenant. Ooh, well. Let me sip my water on. Yeah, that. I do. Explain I, I, that. <laughs> I think it, I think it's a trespass of covenant because um, we a should should shouldn't be engaging in those things unless uh, there be yeah, a covenant. Yeah, so, covenant, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where there where there's order, you know, the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit will flow. Yeah, and. The man was designed to express order mm-hmm. as it relates. Now, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about in the family, the household structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't try to go on your job thinking that, you know, you. Because if you work you, for me, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, are the, you are the head of that job. No, you, you are the head of your household. household. And uh, some people get that wrong, uh-huh. you know, um, and they get a little twisted in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But of their household, they were yeah. supposed to reflect that confidence and that yeah. protection. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you leave your children uncovered, Man. it is a violation of the covenant yeah. for which you were set up and established mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we are supposed to be the priest, the provider, the protector yep. of our homes, yep. which means that if revelation is going to flow through, mm-hmm. it should be flowing through the priest. If yeah. protection is going to flow, it should be flowing mm-hmm. through that protector. If, if provision is going to flow, yeah. so all of those things should be covered. Covering. Mm-hmm. And whenever you fail to do those, and I'm talking about whatever degree that you're at right now, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that you necessarily have to be at six figures and you're disparaging yourself because you feel like you're not providing enough mm-hmm. or things happen in our families and lives and you mm-hmm. feel like you weren't able to protect enough. No, mm-hmm. I'm talking about doing, being excellent on your level yes. and allowing God to bring the increase. Yeah. But if you are derelicting your responsibility, this is Andre Ebron looking you right in the Uh-oh. face. And telling you that you're violating covenant. I love you. I want you to get on your post. And this is not just a real men stand up type thing. Mm -hmm. No, this is one of those intimate conversations Mm -hmm. where I'm saying to you to abandon your fears, let go of the drama, and cover your children. Show done. Yeah. It's a wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We go home. (laughs) Hey, but you were saying... and expressing that vulnerability through my father's kingdom. Yes. And so, but I think this, so, so we can recognize, and I won't spend too much time on that part. You can recognize the father absence and the bruises that come with it, you know, in, in any shape or form. There are bruises and I'll name them rejection, abandonment, lack of trust. Those are some of the bruises that happen or that occur when dads are not in the home. Right. Absolutely. Um, but here's the, here's the salvation piece. Okay. How do we allow God to heal those wounds, right? So that book really speaks to, yep, I experienced this, but God, you are, you are ultimate daddy, right? And so allowing God to bring forth identity, I acknowledging who am I in Christ, right? Um, that I am his daughter, I am his child, and being able to experience that level of love that is unconditional, Right. That a, a father like the the prodigal son. Right. That's right. Dad loved his kid. You done went off. You done took my money. You done said, forget me. You out there with the pigs. Riotous living. Right. <laughs> and he came home and dad gave him the robe, the ring, you know, welcomed him back in. Restored. Restored him. him. Yeah. That's what fathers and, do. And celebrate. And him. celebrate. Come on. Listen. And so. One of the when you don't have that 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 relationship with a dad, you begin to look at God as though 
oh, I done messed up. I fall into sin. I, I, I've done this. I'm not really operating that way that pleases God. And so we will, as opposed to running to God because he's a good father, we view him through the lens of our own dads. That's right. And think, I got to earn his love. So I got to do 50 spiritual jumping jacks. I got to fast for a thousand days in order for God to love me. But God's love is so deep that, you know, so deep and so wide and so pure and so unconditional that he will cover you. He will cover you. Yes. And so that book is really about dealing with the rejection, dealing with the issues, the misidentification and finding a way to allow God to love on you as you are. Right. Right. So, Patrice, there is somebody listening. There are several people listening uh, that may have gone through feeling that rejection, feeling mm-hmm. that fear, feeling that abandonment, feeling mm-hmm. that misidentification. What would you say to them? You're enough. I am enough. Show done. Show done. Show done. <laughs> Showstopper. Mic drop. All right. You are enough. You are enough. And I would also say to seek intimacy with God. Um, I've, I'm I'm learning now. To I don't want my relationship with God to be robotic or to be legalistic. Okay. I want um, authenticity with God, right? Uh, I genuinely want to seek who he is and not his hand. But I think it's amazing that God is God, that God is king. Yeah. Like I, I've always been fascinated with who he is in reality. Like, so you mean to tell me your hand parted this level of the sea? That's come on now. That's a bad God. That's a come on. That's so a bad. Like, that's a bad God. I want to be in love with that. Right. You know, I want to have intimacy and really get to know who He is. Um, and so that's what I've been challenging myself to to do. And I think that that's also allows us to heal and to be confident and to feel like we're enough when you when He wants to talk to you and He's that God. You know. That's right. Like. Why would you be intimidated by someone else? You know, why would any, you know, why would you have issues about walking into spaces? And a lot of the spaces that I walk into right now are filled with people who don't look like me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so you would assume that you should be intimidated by that. But uh, I talked to Jesus this morning. That's and right. so. And if God who, be for you. Right. Who, who can I'm be like, against you? Yeah, that yeah. advantage. Like I have an advantage, um, but also the advantage to change the world. I believe that when I'm in my prayer time and I might see something on CNN about something crazy, I will go to the Lord and I will be in intercession about those things. And I fully expect God to trend, to change, change atmospheres and to change whole policies because I prayed about it. Right. Because yeah, there's no time, distance or space in yeah. the spirit. Yeah, I mean, that that is awesome. But I want to go back to something you said. And for those of us who are churchgoers and for those of us who have a deep relationship with God or faith, uh, spirituality, specifically Jesus Christ, when you talk about intimacy, though, and Mm -hmm. somebody might be listening to you and they're like, you know what, I want Mm -hmm. that type of intimate relationship with God as Mm -hmm. well. And some of them might know and heard people say intimacy is into me, see, and, yeah. you know, all uh-huh. those things. But like, tell me, how are you uh, experiencing intimacy with God? How did you mm-hmm. venture out to like attain that level of relationship? I'm still figuring it out. Right. Okay. A part of it is being in his presence and not rushing out of it. You know, just sitting there and enjoying that quiet, still moment with God Um I will tell you, there is nothing like the word of God, right? Man, 
that's some that's a love letter all by itself. The word okay. gives light. Man, you, if you want to know, I mean, well, let's talk. Let's talk about what people do in general these days. When they want to know somebody or know something about someone, they go to their social media page. They sure do, and they'll read all of their stuff. You know, whatever the case may be, like or LinkedIn in whatever capacity. If you want to know about Jesus, his his news feed, right? His, okay. If you go into Psalms. Or Psalms, you go into okay. Proverbs, uh-huh. you're going to see everything that Jesus has posted. Hmm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord uh-huh. with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. Read the next and verse. And he'll direct your paths. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not looking at it on my computer. <laughs> you just know it. <laughs> I just know it. I, I've memorized it. Uh, <laughs> Psalms 1. But I'll actually look. Let's look it up. Let's take the time. Yeah, because right. there's another. Somebody who's watching, post it. Put down uh, Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7. Let's take a look at that. Um and you know I'm bad because I haven't Proverbs even 3, 5, shared. Proverbs three, five, six, and seven. I don't even know how to share this. We we were on Facebook and I haven't shared it. I'm going to do it now. Okay, that's fine. Let's take a look at this. Uh, okay, that's the NIV. Are you looking for King King James? NIV or? is good. NIV is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's take a look. I'm a King James guy. That's how I learned uh, growing up. Okay, but you I know look what? at yeah, I look at all of the. <laughs> the uh, passages, all the different versions of the Bible. I particularly mm-hmm. like um, the Message Bible. It breaks it down a lot. You know, it's so funny. My grandmother uh, gave me a Bible. It was, and I don't even think this Bible exists anymore, uh, but it was a paraphrased Bible. And woo, I thought that thing was the best thing since life, since sliced bread. And I got to college and people was like, what kind of Bible is that? And they was judging <laughs> my Bible. And I was like, this Bible is getting me through, you know, right. but it was a paraphrase, like an NIV version. But people were like, New King James or King James Version. I didn't grow up in church. So, you know, like I didn't know. That's okay. Uh, but my Bible was, it was a bomb Bible. Hey, it, was, it was on. Listen, you said, I do know this scripture, judge mm. not lest you be judged. Yes. Yeah. Hold it down. I think I still got that Bible somewhere. <laughs> Thank As, you very much. Oh, that's awesome. When I uh, first started studying in a major way, I had mm-hmm. my lexicon, I had my vines, I had my strongs. Mm-hmm. Then I found out I had my parallel Bible. Oh, 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 you so, big oh, stuff. Oh, man, I was, you know, I would be studying. Uh-huh. And then my, my one Bible, I still have this Bible. Of course, I'm using technology and stuff now, but mm-hmm. I had this Bible. It had four versions of the Bible in one uh, in one holding there. Oh, that yeah. had to be like oh, this big. It was. It was. So it, you was in Japan talking about large. Oh, I'm talking what? about large, <laughs> large, right? And I'm sitting there reading and going through, mm-hmm. and just uh, the Amplified in the King James was my parallel. It had mm-hmm. Amplified, uh, the ESV, of course, with my Thompson Chain Bible. Mm-hmm. Now you, you know, you start getting into naming the type of Bibles that you read. Uh huh. So I had my Thompson Chain. Oh, you just and out then, here. then look, then I had my my Dakes Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is you know my study Bibles. But anyway, verse seven of Proverbs three, five, six, and seven says, "Be not wise in thy own eyes. Mm-hmm. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil." Listen. Wisdom, oh my lord! Yeah. So I think I've fallen in love with wisdom the last two or three years. Where so here I am. I was twenty three. I, I mean, I'm thirty now, right? Okay. But I've always been put. It's like my career goes faster than my age, right? Like I've always been put in these positions where I'm leading folks who are older than me, and I'm and and people are like, oh. Well, 
at looking for me for answers. And I'm like, pause, let me go pray about this, right? right? Or I'm in the middle of the situation and God will give me a good answer, right? And I think that if we're going to move forward, wisdom and divine wisdom, divine. not the not worldly wisdom, absolutely, but wisdom from heaven, wisdom that that's the advantage that we have. The wisdom of God is going to guide us, right? Especially in this climate. And you don't get wisdom, you get wisdom through that prayer time, through trusting his Holy Spirit, right? Through engaging with the word. That's how we cultivate wisdom. And I'm telling you, whether you are 23, whether you are 25, whether you're 55, seek the wisdom of God. Seek divine wisdom. There's another scripture. I think it's in Peter three where it talks about um, the divine wisdom is pure. You know, it, it, there's a purity to it. Man, we should have brought like a couple we Bibles should, in yeah, here. We, we should have been, yeah, what we are we doing? Yeah, page flippers. Okay, listen, right. somebody post within the uh, comments there, uh, Peter, are we I in First Peter? Chapter, yeah. Okay, First Peter chapter, chapter three. 3. I used to have a screenshot of it on my phone because it was so good. Okay. And we're talking about wisdom tonight. And if you're wondering how this applies to the topic tonight of I am enough, is that you will lean on the wisdom of God to affirm who you are. Yeah. And you will not be depending on what someone else is saying about you, but you would depend on what God is saying about you. In fact, the word of God declares that he has become to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So when we get a chance to walk in that divine wisdom, which is pure, uh, which is peaceable, uh, that that wisdom right there will allow you to actually birth the ministry of Christ or the kingdom principles, because mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is drawn nigh us where? Even in our mouth. So you got to be able to speak that word. Somebody declare with me. Go ahead, Patrice. Let's hit them with it one more time. I, I am enough. enough. You're going to make me smile every time hey, we say I'm it. I'm telling you, I am enough. And um, as we're looking that up, let's look it up here. Uh, wisdom that is pure scripture. Here it is. I think I found it. Maybe I didn't. Here it is. It's in James? Yes, it, yeah. yes, it is. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, pure. then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the wisdom I'm trying to operate in. Absolutely. Can yeah. we get that wisdom? Lord? It sounds like that wisdom makes you a better uh, leader and servant to people. Yeah. That wisdom it, that wisdom seeks to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember growing up, my goddad shouted him out, Dr. Uh, Apostle Oscar J. Dowdell Underwood mm-hmm. of oh. Cathedral of oh, Praise well. International Church, Fort uh-huh. Wayne, Indiana. Oh, Shout wow. out. Okay. All right. And to my Kopi family, love you all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would talk about in Scripture— how in Proverbs he said, wisdom standeth in the street and crieth loud. Mm-hmm. And so wisdom, whatever it is you want to submit to in wisdom, you will have to learn through experience. Oh, wow. And yeah. that is something that I would prefer not to do. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, you can. You, you can, don't want to really touch the touch the iron and find out that it's hot. Right? No, I, I can learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that is what wisdom says. It says, you know, good people or smart people uh, mm-hmm. learn from their mistakes. Wise mm-hmm. people learn yeah. from the mistakes. 
yeah. of others. Yeah. So I can vicariously live that experience right. through you. Listen, I got a whole team of mentors right now. Most of my mentors have been on the Cranes 40 under 40 list. They're amazing executive leaders. And I'm fortunate enough that they spend time with me. But man, when I have an issue, I pick up the phone. I'm seeking that wisdom, right? Yes. And you, you cannot operate in good leadership and think that you won't submit or be humble to someone else, right? Right. Uh, you've got to because oftentimes they may know better than you do, right? Um, but I also learned this on Sunday and I thought it was so funny that the type of follow, follower you are now will determine the type of people that follow that you follow later. follow you later. Yes. yes. So I thank God I was a good, I think I was a pretty good follower. So, cause right now my team is bomb. Right. Oh, my that's team. Great. Shout my team, out. Uh, yes. Uh, Miss Rebecca Limbaugh, who is our director of scholar support. Okay. Miss Limbaugh. Yes. And then we've got Tiffany Moncrief, who went to see Michelle Obama tonight. And I says, you want to see Michelle? You want to see me? And she, <laughs> she was like, uh, I'm going to see Michelle. All right. Um, she, so, but she can always catch can, it later. Yeah, All right. Later. <laughs> um, and then uh, we have Miss Tasia who is Atasia Evans, who is our new uh, operations manager. And she's just fantastic. It came on board and has just taken a leap and just done some amazing work. And then we've got a whole team of scholar support counselors, Kate and Marie and London Johnson, who was really just, they're fantastic. And of course, all of our Hope Scholars, we've got kids at Crystal Ray, Loyola, uh, Detroit Edison is our new school coming on board this year. Okay. So, uh, you know, they're really good at sports and stuff. So I'm trying to get my depths of gear going. Um, and then, you know, our residential scholars, our, our team at the house who are like real parents, right? Uh, and then one of our old staff members who we can't seem to get away from is James. James Bates. Yep. James, let's, you know what's Let's so- shout him out right quick. One of my frat brothers from uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity yes. Incorporated. All right, James, I'll holler at you, man. You said you were tuning in, so yeah. shout out to you. Yep. James, we can't get away from, but I tell you one great thing about James is he went to Wilberforce and he was the uh, scholar support coordinator for several years at Boys Hope Girls Hope. And during that time, he worked a lot with young men from Loyola. And this is the impact of mentorship and leadership. We've got like two young men from Loyola who are at Wilberforce right now. You know, shout out just, to James. Yeah. Praise God for you, brother. Yeah. So I really appreciate them. They're a great team. Awesome. Well, shout out to the team at Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Yeah. If you're looking to volunteer or to help out or to sow or to give and support mm-hmm. what Boys Hope, Girls Hope is doing, where, where can we do that? So um, we have a really amazing Facebook page that I would recommend people follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are always posting pictures of the scholars and their activities. Um, but if you are, you want to give, uh, we are in that holiday season right now. We're Absolutely. encouraging people to support our scholars. You know, um, bhdhdetroit.org, you can go online and, and submit a gift. But I'm actually, I'm going to put this out there. You okay. said you're an alpha man, right? I am. Well, can you get the Divine Nine to sponsor our Hope House? Okay. We need new furniture for our girls. Um, so we have all girls in the house. I'm looking to do a boys house in the next three or five years. Um, but in the meantime, the girls house, they deserve the best of the best, right? We got a dining room table that should be upgraded. We've got, uh, some couches that should be upgraded and in every girl's room should be decked out. And so I need maybe one of the divine nine organizations to come on board and adopt a young lady and adopt a room and deck her room out. All right. So listen, this is a shout out. 
uh, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, Kappa mm-hmm. Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, Iota Phi Theta, Delta Sigma Theta, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sigma Gamma Rho. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody else. Uh, Zeta Phi Beta, Phi mm-hmm. Beta Sigma. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we want to support what Boys Hope, Girls Hope is doing. Uh, we need a new dining room yeah. table. We need new furniture and couches. Yeah. Uh, so here's the ask that I'm putting out there. Uh, before the end of the year, we have approximately, today is the 11th, mm-hmm. we have about 20 days left. Yeah. Let's make this happen for Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Make mm-hmm. sure you comment, share, like this video. We are going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I want those who are in that spirit of giving to jump in. And the thing about it is, this is about kingdom perseverance. Yes, we have set is. a goal and we are going to do this. In yeah. fact, if you talk about, if anybody else is watching and you mm-hmm. say you support the youth in Detroit and what they are doing, I'm giving you a strategic way to partner with an organization that already has boots on the ground and mm-hmm. moving. And they have the, the success stories. Yeah. And watch this. Now, I'm going to tell you this before you ever so check the data. Make sure you check the mm-hmm. data. And they are proof positive of doing mm-hmm. work with the youth in the city of Detroit. Yeah. So give us those handles again. So uh, Facebook, it's uh, Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Detroit, B-H-G-H underscore Detroit on Instagram and Twitter. So find us because, you I mean, it's just amazing stories. When you talk about the data, we have 50 kids in college right now. Awesome. Collegians averaging a 2.89 GPA collectively at schools like, God forbid, U, U of M, but we do got a couple okay, kids U at U of M. U of M, Wolverines. Michigan State, <laughs> Eastern, uh, and some phenomenal stories of young men who went and lived in our Hope Houses and who have started families, have graduated from college, work at places like GM, Chrysler, um, one who just got back from China because he was doing work overseas. So we do have those success stories, and I'm excited about expanding that work in the next couple of years. Great. I thought about you uh, before I got here, mm-hmm. and uh, the scripture that came to me mm-hmm. is actually the first. Uh, it comes from Romans chapter 5. I have one minute left, okay? So I'm mm-hmm. going to read this fast. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith in the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worth worth patience and patience experience and experience hope. Hope, yeah. And hope maketh not ashamed. Yeah. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This is Andre Ebron mm-hmm. and Patrice Johnson, uh, the executive director of Boys Hope, Girls Hope. And my ask of you again is we're going to get this furniture in for Boys Hope, Girls Hope, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to do so before the end of the year. Now, I'm going to put it out there. I am looking for a team. For the drawing board experience. Yeah. Uh, we're setting it out. I told you about the drawing board summit that will come to you. We're preparing mm-hmm. to wrap now, but I always finish with this. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. I am Andre Ebron, the host and the author of the mm-hmm. drawing board. <laughs>